All right. This one, this one hurts a little bit, Kyle. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche had a two-goal lead going into the third period against the LA Kings. And four goals. Four goals against a very good goalie who's been playing very well, I should say. And they let it slip away, goes to overtime, had an opportunity in overtime. Then it goes to a shootout where the Kings get the extra point. I don't know why, man, but, but this one, you know, the, the Avs have losses, obviously. This one, to me, stings a little bit more than, than the other one so far. A lot to get to. Another episode of Locked on Avalanche coming at you. Your Locked on Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. There we go, man. And, and you know what? I, I I blame myself because I put up a tweet stating they had four goals and there's still 20 minutes to go. And that was the end of it. So uh, if you want to put the blame on me, people, feel free. Go for it. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. You can follow us on our YouTube channel. Uh, I don't know why I started with YouTube. I never do. But yeah, <clears throat> follow us on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, LOP and underscore Avalanche and Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. All right, man. Like I said in the beginning, um, <clears throat> you have to let this one slip away. They, they, It was that, that type of game where, that they've been playing recently mm-hmm. where they get off to a pretty slow start. The first was very pedestrian, very kind of boring in a sense and things really amped up in the second that's where they looked really good kale mccarr especially and miko ranta like all of the names that have been playing well for the avalanche continue to do so and you you built up a a two goal lead to go into the third and right off the bat there's a a power play and and the kings get a, a goal on that and then they tack one on later on. Nothing. Well, I shouldn't say nothing happens in overtime. They had a very good opportunity with Kale McCarr in overtime to win it, uh, but he couldn't just collect the puck off a rebound. Goes to a shootout where the Avalanche have been pretty good in, in shootouts uh, this year, but they couldn't get anything. And uh, the Kings got two. And that was all she wrote, man. The, the, this one, because it was a two-goal lead, which the Avalanche have not had a lot of yeah. recently, Uh, And you let it go and the opponent because the Kings are a good team. Um, I think because of those two things, this one just sticks with me a little bit more uh, than some of the other losses this season so far. This one, it's evident for a couple of reasons. The first period was very slow, very just disgusting. The second (laughs) period, all the goals that were scored came from the heartbeat of your current Colorado Avalanche. It's like JT, Cogliano, Makar, Erod, and Miko had his hand on some former facet of these goals. Hmm. And they pushed, they tried, and they weren't just like I know like it had the the feel of a greasy gritty game. The goals the Avalanche got were just incredible passes. Yeah. Just Great opportunities, smart hockey plays, and then the Avalanche took a breath. 
and then it kind of sunk back to that tempo of the first period and you could never catch back up. Then it was, and it's the talent. We've talked about the injury problems with the avalanche until we're blue in the face and you can't take a breath with this current avalanche roster because it is one and a half lines against the world. And when you take that breath, other teams are coming because this is a statement game for whoever you play. Mm -hmm. When you take that breath and you step off the gas, teams come back, we score four, (laughs) they even it right back up. You just, it's, it's a learning experience and you have the Maple Leafs coming up and you better learn quick because they're going to embarrass you if you don't learn some lessons from this game. Yeah, you can't really use the, the excuse me, the injury um, excuse. You can't really use it at all anymore. You know, these guys have been together for longer than we really thought that they would be at any point in this season. But the way the injuries have played out, like these guys, the, you know, it, it, it's been kind of, you've had these guys going up and down and up and down. And, and the ones that are there now are, are kind of, they've been there for a little while. So, you know, the injury thing can't come into play, especially the fact you know you had a two goal lead mm-hmm. it's not all of a sudden like you had a, you built up a two goal lead did the injuries cause that <laughs> and, yeah. you know you can, so you can't use you can't use it as an excuse when you when you blow that lead it's just i i, I don't want to say the uh, it's so tough because you always have to give the other team credit and i know a lot of times you know fan bases don't want to do that <laughs> they say they want to put all of the blame on their team for for losing um, and there is some blame to go to the Avalanche. There's no doubt about that. But the Kings are are a good team, and and a two goal a two deficit goal deficit to them. They know that they can overcome. They just have to amp up their play, and they did in the third. Um, what were shots on goal in the third? Um, it was wow. That's that's that's. Sh- I'm, I'm going buddy the elf there. That's shocking. Um, it was only seven to eight. Yeah. In favor of the abs. So, uh, but they had all of the momentum. I mean, the, they, they seemed like they were possessing the puck for the majority of, of the third. And that penalty to, to, to start the third, the power play to start the third um, did not help. So then now they're only down by one and they have pretty much a, a whole um, penalty uh, period to work with. And they're just a good team. They're yeah. a good team and, and they, they play, they play, Kind of like a simple game, but a very good kind of old-fashioned, old-school style of hockey. Um, they don't blow you away with their speed. They have a lot of talent. And uh, I, I'm not going to sit here and say the Avalanche took them for granted. I don't think they did. I just think they got punched in the mouth in, in, in the third. And, you know, the Avs just they, – they, they, they didn't have an answer. They had an answer in the second. Um, and that answer was was Kale McCarr and Miko Rantanen. Yeah. But uh, it was just the power play was atrocious, absolutely atrocious. And they had the opportunity to take the lead in the third period with that um, that interference yes. call on Erod with like two forty seven to go in the third, where you could have capitalized. And this is why we talk about you have to address the power play for instances like this. Mm-hmm. You capitalize, you win the game, everybody goes home happy. You couldn't capitalize on that power play, and then you just drain the clock with full strength and go into overtime. Like they had the opportunity. Now I think altitude had the stat 
at one point it was they were one for four on the power play with two shots. Probably. And yeah. it was I mean that makes sense. It, it, it's it's confounding how that yeah. happens. But uh, that's just avalanche <clears throat> hockey right now. It, I mean, if there was ever a time you missed Nathan McKinnon on a power play, <laughs> it was it was this game uh, yeah. for multiple reasons. One was just to get the puck into the offensive zone. That was a struggle in and of itself. They, nothing was working. The drop back pass wasn't working. The the dumping and chasing was not working. They couldn't get anything <laughs> set up. And and the Kings penalty kill is not good. No, <laughs> they made them look like the best penalty kill in the league. I almost messaged you. There was, I think it was the third or the fourth power play we had. They did the drop back pass and then new hook would dump and chase. So it was mm. the longest setup for a power play that nothing <laughs> happened. As soon as new hook would dump and chase, he would lose possession of the puck and Los Angeles would clear the puck out. And I'm just astounded. And then you kind of like, why is this power play not working? You could have just taken that whole sequence of a drop back pass, a slow one more pass up at the blue line. New hook takes it, rims it all the way around. LA gets it, clears it, kicks it out. That's it. You can't do I mean, anything with that. You, 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 I think the Avs probably spent more time in the, the neutral zone in their own defensive zone than they did in the offensive zone on their power plays. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of joking, but it wouldn't be surprised if, if that, that was actually accurate. They just could not get anything going. And, and you know, like I said, the, the absence of, of Nathan McKinnon was glaring. Um, it's and been it, glaring since it's been out, but definitely last night. And it pickles your brain when you see goals like you do in the second period of like mm. that, just the perfect, that JT Comfer, where it was just, I mean, he could have shuffleboarded, like <laughs> he just pushed yeah. it in and it would have been a goal. Just the passing was so pristine, and how they set up those day. And the first, the bookend periods, nothing was going right, and everything mm-hmm. went right in that second period. And you have to sit back. I I feel bad for Bednar. He's going to have so many more gray hairs, and he's going to. You know how they have like the pictures of the presidents when they start and when they yeah. end their presidency. That's how <laughs> he... Bednar is going to look this season. Well, I think after this game, <laughs> he's going to go through an entire. Uh... Yeah, four year term in uh in one game. But yeah, it was it was yin and yang for for them um against the Kings. So um a lot more to get to with this game, but first we're going to take a break and hear from the NHTSA. And uh it's the like we said, it's it's the holiday season. Christmas just passed, obviously, and you have the new year right around the corner. And obviously, people are going to be out and about and enjoying themselves and maybe having a little bit too much in the alcoholic beverage category. Uh, And you're going to be hanging out with some friends and putting back a few. And a few becomes maybe a few too many. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. But you feel like you can handle this. You live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's not a big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over? Even so, what's the worst that could happen? Well, your insurance could go up. You could lose your license. You could lose your job. You could total your car. And the worst, you could potentially kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under 
the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're going, you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. That's a message from the NHTSA. All right, sir. Um, So yeah, I I don't know if it's because, you know, the ad, I think it is that that because the abs won the cup, it's like that those 20 years plus years of of not winning. And then you finally win it so much that, you know, you just got the monkey off your back. So much is just lifted off your shoulders. I I watch games differently now. I still root for them as hard as I ever root for them, but like following like a loss, I don't get like so like just distraught over them. I it, it, it's weird, and, and I think that it has to do with winning the cup. Yeah. Uh, but this game, this game brought me back to the the pre recent Stanley Cup victory feeling I had, and I think it, like I said in the beginning, I think it's just because you had the two goal lead. It's against the Kings, and the team is they they haven't hit a stride. You, nope. Like they had that four game winning streak and you're like, okay, that's good. And then that, that, that seems like that was a month ago and that yeah. was last week. So, you know, and it, and it is, the, it is what we were just kind of talking about this just up and down and you rode the wave. You, you know, usually it's, it's game to game. What you've seen this past month from the avalanche was all in, in, in encompassed in this one game. And you could see, you know, the first was just, was just, they just didn't get their legs at all. And I put up a tweet about uh, the heat map, which their their most occupied area in their offensive zone was just inside the blue line, which you did, there was nothing, nothing by the goal in the first. So in a way it's like, okay, that happens. And then you go into the second and how the second went, like, you like to see that. You like to see a team that still, you know, can make adjustments and make those adjustments work for them. And in the second, it was the Kale McCarr show. Yeah. He took this game over. And when it happened in the second, you're like, man, that you feel really good about going into the third with him playing the way he's playing, uh, a two-goal lead at home. Um, he, he's just getting the, the car started. And... And then it kind of just all falls apart again. So it's like, man, you ride this wave with the team. And yeah, like they, they scored four goals, uh, which they haven't scored four, four goals since December 1st. So they went almost the entire month of December in between scoring four goals in a game. Um, and the goals that they were scoring, like the, the one, the Andrew Cogliano one, mm-hmm. that's goals that they're not getting. Yeah. Like the, just coming up the wing. That's the Nathan McKinnon special right there. Yep is just coming up the wing and just firing. And it was almost like Cogliano shot that puck just to get it on net. Maybe, I don't know who was, you know, coming down the slot. Could maybe grab a rebound. Mm-hmm. But he threw what he, he fired a, a perfect shot on net. And when that went in, you're like, all right, like maybe things are, today's, yeah. today's the day things are changing because those goals have not been going in for the abs. And it's, and you, <laughs> you're like, finally, this is what it's like on this side of puck luck. It feels good, mm. but I, I I completely agree with what you're saying. Like the problem with the Avalanche right now, 
is there is no identity to quote unquote avalanche hockey. There is no, it's Maybe other than top to bottom. I, yeah, yeah, I can see there's because, because last year you knew, um, no line is safe. You can't take one shift off against this avalanche team. Yes. It, and the defense is so good. It, they are going to make whatever goalies back there look good. You can't tell me there is a motive or a theme or a identity with this avalanche team. And they don't know what they are either. Like that second period was the greatest hits of Miko kale and the fragments of last year. This team mm-hmm. right now with all the injuries and the call-ups and send-downs and putting this roster together, it's like watching Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator Dark Tomorrow. Like, there are glimpses where you're like, ah, that's the Terminator, but then you're like, oh, this hasn't aged well. Right. That's what you're looking at with this Avalanche team. Like, it's not too far removed from the cup win. The logo's the same. The jersey's the same. You're like, this is the team. But then, like you said, it reminds you of the days of yesteryear where you're like oh yeah it takes a lot to put a team together and to make that push for the cup and this team needs to figure out how to do it consistently because consistently as a team there is no identity i actually wrote that down in in my notes was like you don't have that feeling that any line can go out there and, and score yep um and even you know you, you had last year you you kind of did you had that feeling like maybe not score but take control and and yep. you know you, you had no matter what line was out there last year you had that feeling of okay like if 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 things are, if they can get a puck out of the defensive zone mm-hmm. you know what I mean maybe the, a fourth line isn't going to score all the time which you know what what fourth line does but you you were confident in them being out there. And and right now, even even on the top line, you have you have the confidence in that top line that they can do that. They can get they can you know get a puck out of the defensive zone if they need to. They have the best ability to score, <clears throat> but like you said, top to bottom, you don't have that feeling about this team, and it shows in how many goals they are scoring. Yeah, they got four last night, but they are struggling to score. And and with all these guys that are out that are goal scorers it's kind of natural that it's going to happen unless you get these guys that are coming up that are just going to flip some switch that we didn't know that they had. It's going to be a, a tall task. We've known that that's, that's nothing new, but it, it just makes you appreciate all of those guys that are out right now. And they're trying, you know, yeah. like it, I, I, we, we keep uh, talking about Ben Myers, like he's working his butt off and he's trying. It's just, you know, they they play the game of you know the top line is going to be the top line and that's obviously their best opportunity and everybody else plays that let's just dump the puck in have uh another forward who's coming in on the right side or the left side whatever the opposite side of where the puck is coming in you know they'll whip the puck around and and you know play the board game and try to win the battles against the boards Maybe, you know, we get a puck that scoots out and we get a good opportunity that way. It's tough for the, for for anybody outside of the top line to to formulate plays and 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 be like the aggressors. It's almost like those those teams are waiting for mistakes to be made so they can capitalize them, capitalize on them. And that's t- that that's that's a tough way to win games. And yeah. I think and you're seeing it. 
You're seeing it in, in the lack of goals that are scored and how the Avalanche don't have that just line after line after line that just punishes you. They just don't have it right now. That's, I, I guess, uh, maybe because we're spoiled because that's how we're used to them playing. And I guess in another sense is like, I, if you're going to say that's okay, all right, then you have to change the way that, that you're playing and the style of play that you have but you're not getting a good return on it right now. No. You, you, like you said, you had that nice four-game winning streak, but those were tough, tough games. You you came out on the winning side of that. Overtime, shootouts, one-goal uh, wins, which, you know, that's that's good for the long the duration of a season, but, man, you can't rely on that stuff year after, or game after game. It, you're going game after game of writing the hot hand. Um, if If your line's producing – and on the plus side of the plus minus, you're getting double shifted. Um, like the fourth line doesn't exist. And it's you're basically, if you're producing and you're doing things well, as soon as you get your wind, you're going back out there. Hmm. And it's, what's the reward for producing? You're not bringing, you're not bringing the team up your line. Congratulations for scoring that goal. As soon as you get your breath, you're going back you're out, back there. out there. <laughs> like, yeah, what is what? What's the benefit of that? Mm. And you're you're and whatever line New Hook is on, you always hear. Well, he works really good with Houdon. He works really good with like whoever he's with. He works good with, but that whole line never ascends and they, makes that step up. Then you have these random performances from Cogliano, Comfer. Then you'll have like a Lekkonen sighting and then Erod just kind of being that Wild West kind of bounty hunter kind of guy who just shows up and has a goal here, a great performance. And then he disappears because next line up, it's there needs to be just some consistency with how these lines roll out. And we have to start utilizing a fourth line to give the top three a rest because as soon as Nathan McKinnon and Nachushkin, as soon as they start coming back, we're going to have to have Makar and we're going to have Miko sitting out because we have worn them to death. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it was, it was a good game. It was an entertaining game yep. from, you know, just a, a hockey fan standpoint. But um, when, when you're on the losing end of this one, um, it does, it, it, it stings a little. And, and you saw, um, you know, in, in the second, that was, God, that was one of the best periods that they've played all season long. Yeah. And and you had sometimes, and we talk about this, like sometimes the abs try to get uh, like a little like too cute yeah. with how they play, um, especially on like power plays and things like that, making yes. that like extra pass um, or going for like the, the, the perfect looking goal. Um, so we kind of get on them sometimes for, when, when they do that. Uh, but like, in the second, when that stuff is clicking, boy, is it pretty. Yeah. <laughs> and they were doing that. That pass, Miko Rantanen was just a, a, like an assist. Or I don't want to say, I mean, he had two assists, I think, on the day, right? Um, Miko, yeah. Uh, yeah, he had two, he had two assists. So, uh, but but his passing was just incredible. That pass to Comfer on on the, uh, the power play, he, he had a wide open net. Yeah, and I don't think he realized how much of a wide open net he had, and and the pass that he made was not an easy pass. That was not at all. Pretty much right across, the, right on the 
verge of the crease going right over to Comfer, who had an even wider open net, and he buried it. That was beautiful. And then the other pass that he got from Kale McCarr to uh, I think oh, it was yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Erod, right? For for that other goal, um, yeah, like that. That was close quarters, and it was just a blind pass to Rodriguez, who who buried it home. Man, they were they were like the Harlem Globetrotters out there, and Kale McCarr just skating around everybody. That goal that he made, just going to the left and shooting to the right. I can't tell you how difficult that is to do and, and have control of it. Um, it, it was it you felt. Like uh, you're like th- this is this is in the bag. I know it's yeah. a two goal lead against a really good team, but you felt like a million bucks after that second. Like all right, you know, another game where you you got, where you're slow to get rolling. You don't like to see that, okay? But the way that they uh, answered in the second, you're like, I, I gotta I gotta feel good about the third, and it kind of just fell apart. And it started with that crazy penalty that. Yeah. I think it was Cogliano who flipped the puck and it kind of went, it was going, it was going over the glass. It was going to be a delay of the game. And uh, Brad Hunt, maybe instinctually, I don't think it was instinctual. I think he was deliberately trying to stop the puck from going over and being a penalty. He knocked the puck out of midair while he's on the bench. So he prevents a delay of game penalty, but you can't do that when you're sitting on the bench. So he gets a penalty and that's where the Kings got that first goal in in the third to start their comeback. And you know, talking about those cute passes, mm-hmm. um, those work when the team believes in themselves, and when they don't. And I think you could see this a lot with just kind of how frustrating that first and third period are. As soon as they gain the offensive zone, their first instinct is just take a shot. I feel bad for every opposing team's skate, shin, and knee. The amount of block shots they're getting just because they know that's what the abs are doing. You gain the zone. You get just a, a glimmer of the lane. Just get in front of them because they're taking a shot. Opposing teams are getting so many block shots on the abs right now because they are just taking yeah. just whatever comes to them and they don't yeah. wait. Just yeah. if, if, if they would just wait, that's what the second period looks like. If you just wait and let plays develop instead of trying to make things develop. Yeah, I mean, as far as stats go, I mean, it, it was an evenly played game. You know what I mean? And and you, when you have two teams that kind of play a game like this, you always hear like, "Oh, that would be a fun seven game series." And I, I think this could be one of them if it were the <sighs> Abs the Kings games. bother me every year. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 a good team. They're a good solid team. They just play a solid game. And you look at, um stats of the game both had 27 shots on goal uh kings just won the faceoff percentage 53 to 47 um <clears throat> we talked about the power plays hits were just about equal 24 to 25 in favor of the avalanche uh there's your blocks yeah 22 blocks for the kings like you know they're they they got in the shooting lanes clearly so um i don't know uh, it, it, like i said i mean this one just it's gonna, it's gonna stick with me, and and I haven't, I haven't had this feeling following a loss. I don't think all season. I don't know what it is about this game. Well, I do know, I do know. It's, it's like I said before, it's having that two goal lead. So I think we need to get to a sound check for this one. Um, yeah. So all right, 
LOA soundcheck for anybody that uh, doesn't know, we, we pick a, a song that we feel best summarizes the most recent game. We put these songs up on a playlist over on Spotify. Just search LOA soundcheck. This is volume two. You can go get volume one. If you want to go back and listen to last year. Um, yeah. And follow it. So what do you got for today, sir? Everybody knows me. I'm the heavy metal guy. <laughs> And the weird, like, ska punk guy. That's why I'm... on metal. You betcha. That's why I'm bringing you Busta Rhymes. Oh, curveball. Giving you some Busta Rhymes. Give me some more. Um, You... The DNA's there. Like, give me more of the second period. I don't need any more of the first and thirds. I don't need any more overtimes. I don't need any more shootouts. Mm -hmm. Give me some more second period. (laughs) <laughs> I want that. String that together. Give me some more of that. Like, it was great to feel like Avalanche hockey again. Give me more. Yeah. Yeah. Is that old Buster Rhymes? Is that like 90s Buster Rhymes? I think Rhymes, it's a little that... newer. Is it new? Yeah. Because I, I, I am way off of the Buster Rhymes. Oh. That's it. Yeah. He was on the Scooby Doo 2 soundtrack, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Is he really? Yeah. On the and movie. You guys say Buster Rhymes? Good actor. Yeah. Good actor. There is a movie out there, uh, kind of like this. This it was a low, I would say low budget. Doesn't mean like the movie was movie was amazing. It's called Narc. Yeah, um, yeah. Jason I Patrick's a, in it. There's Ray a video is in it. Um, and and it it's it's uh, like a cops and drug type of movie. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal movie. Buster Rhymes is in it. Plays a very good role. So uh, go check that out if you can find it. It's it, it was like an independent movie. Um, and I remember hearing about it because they were they were running out of money to, and they would go back every like three or four months and like film a couple scenes that they had money to make. And, and I'm like, oh, I got to like watch this movie. It was really, really good. So, I remember I remember the movie poster for that. I could see it now. <clears throat> yeah. Excellent yeah. movie. So um, I'm going to take your metal headness and uh, go with the band. I don't think we've had any Romstein songs. Mm. on either volume so uh i am going with uh the 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 romstein song romstein romstein i know some people pronounce it differently uh you say tomato i say tomato uh the song mine hurts brent which translates to my heart burns and that's just where i'm at today man like i said i'm taking this loss hard very hard and and like you mentioned, maybe that's another curveball that, that's getting thrown into this is you mentioned that the next game is against Toronto. Yeah. And, you know, any, every game is is winnable. And, and you look at, you know, we just lost to the Coyotes six to three. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the Coyotes just beat the Maple Leafs six to three. So break up the, the Coyotes. Um, I think that's another like I wanted to get that win. And this was like looking good as, as a good, solid win against a good, solid team. And you can use that going into Toronto or when Toronto comes to you. Um, and I now I just have a little bit of concern. Like, are they going to press now? They're going to press too hard because they know they got to get two points. Uh, they don't want to. And, and one point is fine. You know, it's not that they lost in regulation. They did get the one point good. Um, but just the fashion that they lost, they're going to press a little bit too hard against a Toronto team that that's a good Toronto team. So 
Uh, that's why just there's so much involved in this game. Why my heart burns. That's where I'm at. Um, and I'm a Ramstein guy. You I'm say Ramstein? Yeah, and I, I'm sure I'd, there's like diehards out there that are, are you know punching their uh, radio right now because some of the best live shows you will ever see. Oh my god! Like, like they they literally went to to they took courses in like pyrotechnics. So it not only would it be awesome, um, they wouldn't burn their face off in the yeah. process. So fantastic, stuff. fantastic live live shows. So. All right, everyone, that is going to wrap it up. Um, tough loss, but tomorrow the sun will rise. Uh, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. And uh, like I said, check us out on our social media outlets. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. And I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked On Avalanche podcast. Check you guys later. Go, Abs, Go. Go.